Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, hockey world. Today is Monday, August 22nd, 2016. Hi, Hockey World. This is Anthony Mangione, uh, senior writer at, at uh, Center Ice Magazine. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Michael Agello, and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the VC saga is over. Uh, we found out late Friday afternoon after there were a few indications that it would last into the weekend, and to the joy, to the jubilation of Susan Sarandon, Noah Syndergaard, Boomer Esiason, and many other fans. And Liam Neeson. And, 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 and Liam Neeson, we have to give him, give him credit for redoing the Taken uh, speech for the video in attracting Jimmy Vesey to sign with the Broadway Blue Shirts, the New York Rangers, on a two-year entry-level deal. Russ, can you hold back the excitement? No, I mean, look, it's a cool thing. I, I, I hate the vitriol that that fans have now for VC acting like he hyped himself. He didn't hype himself. He basically went through the system the way anybody else would go through the system, the way anybody else would go on prospective job hunt. Like, it's just bigger because it's in the summer, there's not much going on, and it's the NHL. Other than that, he didn't hype himself. He didn't hype himself in college, but yet I was amazed at all the experts that had watched him all along the way in Harvard that could also now say, oh, he's not going to be any good, or he, he better be good. or It's like, listen, teams don't just jump through hoops for somebody that they don't believe can play in the league. I believe he can play in the league. I don't think he's a superstar. But I think he's going to be an excellent player. I think he'll even be better than someone like Justin Schultz. I mean, if you make it to that level, you're pretty good. And the fact is, he just did what anybody else in his position would do, and yet even writers like Mike Harrington from the Buffalo News, it was a disgrace. It was embarrassing. It was you, When you attack a guy for his intellect after he goes to Harvard, like that's really bad because I know a little bit about BC and I got, got to know a little bit more about him through other people, and he's a really bright kid. Like He's been smart all along the way. He wanted a college degree, and, and just because he didn't want to go to the Sabres, you know, this guy decides to write a column in a national newspaper and kill him. I hated that. And let's just give this kid a chance. The funny thing is, too, I don't think there's going to be a lot of hype in New York. They had a conference call over the phone. They didn't have a big press conference. You know, they still have some guys named, like, Lundquist and Nash and Stepan and McDonough. So there's not going to be a huge focus on him in camp either. So for people that think that it's going to be overhyped for him in New York, I don't think so. Anthony, what are your thoughts? Well, I think probably by about Thursday of last week, I got. I think I stated that I was just about VC'd out uh, at that point. Um, that said, he had every right to go through the process as he did. Buffalo took a calculated risk. They had multiple third round. They had multiple picks in the next draft uh, that they were willing to risk to get the exclusive signing period, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons why I didn't understand, as Russ say, stated. Uh, why Mike Har- why Mike Harrington? And again, it's not making a personal attack against Harrington, but I didn't quite I didn't understand the gist of his column of unless he's looking to incite 
Saber fans and get them all ticked off for the next time that the Rangers play the Sabers. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about Joel Quinville, not cool that you were watching uh, that you were watching VC Summer League games. <laughs> Scouting, he's not under contract right. with the Sabers. He might be quote unquote property. But in terms of him being, you know, the, the, the Sabres being out of, out of, or the Blackhawks or anybody else watching him and being out of line, was, I thought it was an utterly ridiculous point. He's not under contract. Teams also, if they're looking to trade somebody, um, scouts are there all the time. Scouts are watching all kinds of players. They could be, they, they, and you could say maybe that's not what Chicago was doing, that we know they were looking at Visa. Maybe they were looking at somebody else. You don't know. But it's casting aspersions. And I, did, I was not happy with that. Uh, I thought that, I thought Harrington was out of line with that, or at least the information of that. Um, beyond that, um, my expectation, much like you, Mike, I thought I, I thought for a while that it was going to be the Maple Leafs. Um, I thought he was going to land there. When I heard it got down to Chicago and New York, um, in my view there, I, I started to lean a little more towards New York in this circumstance. And lo and behold, that's where he had the opportunity. He's friends with Kevin Hayes. Um, Scott Gorton's got a lot of background, obviously, uh, with, with the collegiate ranks. So it's close enough, obviously, to Boston, at least for the start of his NHL career. Um, I think he's going to be a solid player in the NHL. I think his play will translate. Will he score at the clip he did at Harvard? Probably not, but I still think he's a guy in his first year who can bank in 15 goals uh, if he gets prime ice time, 15, 20 goals, and around 40 points in his first season with the Rangers. Well, the thing the thing that I that caught that sort of took me aback about this. I mean, first from from the Buffalo perspective, I'm not going to comment on Harrington's article because I think it speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. But the Buffalo fans, and I know that the Buffalo radio station, which is the, the one that carries the Sabers, banged away for almost two months. He's good friends with Jack Eichel. He's best buddies with Jack Eichel. You know, that's the reason. And I'm like, okay, that is meaningless. I mean, I think the Kevin Hayes thing is part of what, what, why he went to the Rangers, but I think it's also the close proximity of New York to Boston. I think, you know, there's a number of factors. And the thing is, I, I, a lot of the criticism that came out against VC after the signing was, you chose the wrong team. The Rangers are on the pathway down. It's not a team that's on the way up. Well, maybe that's not important to Jimmy VC. I mean, maybe maybe what's important to him is, okay, maybe he's a third-line guy with the Rangers this year. But when Rick Nash either gets traded or claimed in the expansion draft or, is, or gets bought out or even two years down the line and when his contract expires – Jimmy VC moves up into the top six, yeah, and he's going to be part of that organization. It's not going to be a year or two, and then he's a UFA. He's going to be part of any organization he signs with for five, six years until he becomes a UFA. So there were, there, there were a couple things too, Mike. If you remember, a couple days ago, when I wasn't sure how much of a player the Rangers were, and then I had just seen before I went on the show on Twitter that Elaine Vigneault was at the meeting. I'm like, okay, anytime you get a coach that goes to the meeting. A, you know the team is serious, and B, a player player likes that, right? That's important to the player because then he can literally ask the coach whatever he wants. So then I knew the Rangers were certainly in it to win it. I didn't know if they'd still get him because I still didn't think they were the top choice. But again, I got where the kid was coming from. And also, I think it's important to note no matter how many people went on Twitter, you know, celebrities and otherwise, VC saw none of it. 
He didn't pay any attention to it. So for all these people that were thinking, oh, that's going to make a big difference because my favorite actor says he should be, you know, become a Ranger because they like the Rangers, had no impact. Yeah, I mean, if, if, I mean, it's one thing for Susan Sarandon to say welcome, but if it was like Margot Robbie or something like that, I'm sure Jimmy Vesey would have gotten back, uh, would have gotten wind of that. <laughs> but, but you know, the 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 thing the thing is is that, I mean, I think he's and, and not just Mike Harrington, but a number of writers have said, well, you know what, he better be good, because to go through all this, you know, all this stuff, this three, you know, two month long. Uh, process and then him not being good I mean then the whole thing was not justified and I'm like okay this is his right he was you know he played four years in college he can go UFA if he wants to he did and he can choose where he wants to go like like Russ said the hype was not him I don't think it was his agents I think it was the teams that were anxious to, to get his services. I know Toronto really wanted him. I'm, I'm, and, I'm and also, the, let's call it, what is it? the media as well, because again, we're so starched for any kind of hockey news at this point. You know, that's also fed into it. We all feed into it. Yeah. Two things that I'm sick of too, and you know, Brian Burke saying, this is only a pimple on the elephants, you know what? Fine. Whatever, Brian. You know, if you want to come out with a soundbite, I like Brian Burke. But the idea is to sort of then analyze who's done well from college that's ever done this, it doesn't matter because this guy is this guy. You can't just rely on, hey, guys who won the Hobie Baker haven't done anything. You know, it's like the other day when I heard people bashing the ECAC, I'm like, yeah, so I guess Ken Dryden and Joe Neuendijk and, and a lot of other guys, those guys don't count because, you know, they just – they were freaks, right? And then, you know, Jonathan Taves played in NCAA, but, again, that doesn't count because he's with the Blackhawks now and we don't want to remember that. And a lot of other players, a lot. And so it's every t every year players come through. You know, Ryan McDonough played at Wisconsin. You know, I mean, come on, there's a, there's a ton of players. And so when I see that nonsense, it's just, it is just that. It's like, all right, guys, just stop. Because now all you're really doing is perpetuating something that's not true. And again, even if it were true, you still have to give the next guy the benefit of the doubt. Because he uh, might be the guy. Uh, well, some 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 minor breaking news here, and I I, I sort of predicted this was going to happen after the Leafs did not have to use a uh, a pro contract on Jimmy VC. They were I think they were holding back on the fact that because they have 47 pro contracts, and if they signed VC, that would have been, meant 48, and that's getting pretty close to the 50 contract limit. The Leafs have signed free agent goaltender Jonas Enroth to a one-year contract. There, there's their backup. That was rumored. That was reported from a Swedish website, Expressen, uh, last month, late last or earlier this month, and it made a whole bunch of sense because Enroth is a really good backup. He's had stints with the Sabres, Dallas, and Los Angeles, and. Um, you know, he played pretty well for the Kings last year, but only played, I think, like 15 or 16 games. And the commissioner for my fantasy league better wake up because I put an offer in on him two weeks ago, and this is why. So he better wake up. He should be a part of my team, I'm just saying. Well, as and, and, and Anthony, as, I mean, going completely 180 degrees after last year with Reimer up and down with Bernier going to the AHL, um, with Garrett Sparks being thrown into the 
you know, thrown into the situation and basically, I think, thrown to the wolves in the last part of the year. The Leafs go out and trade a first and a second round pick to get Frederick Anderson. And, you know, this is a team in transition, but now when you, when you have Anderson and Enroth as your goaltending tandem, I think that's that's solidified pretty pretty decently. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, Enroth's a, a solid NHL backup. Um, it fits in really well. I think fits in well with what uh, Toronto's trying to do going forward. Anderson is well-established. I think he knows going in um, that – what kind of role? I think the two of them can probably work pretty well together in this case. And, and again, I don't think there's as much of a threat to Anderson certainly coming in here with Enroth signing. Yeah, I like it, and it's a way for Enroth to sort of get back in the league. Yeah, and you know that he can handle the uh, you know the Atlantic Division as a longtime member of the Sabers. So uh, yep. I mean, it's I think it's a good signing and seven hundred and fifty thousand um, dollar for the amount for the uh, for that contract. Actually, I, I, I'm going to call an audible here for a second because one of the things that, and this is this is how the world in, of media and hockey has changed. And you wouldn't expect the Leafs, and they're not, they're not the first team to do this, but everybody thought like Lou Lamorello is sort of like this, you know, sort of archaic, uh, traditional GM. The last three or four signings, that the Maple Leafs have made in their press releases, they have released the salary. Hmm. It's the world. It's the world of Cap Geek and now General Manager yeah. that they're providing that information. Now, you know, there's been other situations this summer where information about uh, certain con- contractual situations was not revealed, but they're starting. You know, even the Leafs who have who have this conservative reputation. And Lamorello as as a traditional GM, you know, even they are starting to give that information out. That it, Russ, I think that's a that's a good thing because I think that's information that everybody wants to know. No, it is a good thing. Um, we still see some other teams that don't do it. I I think it would be nicer if more teams did it because at some point you can go to the NHLPA site and get at least their this year's salary no matter what. So it's not a big secret, but it's just something that isn't always made at the time, and fans want to know. Like, why not tell them? It's not like the player's ashamed of it. Actually, Jonas Enroth got a lot less than what I offered him in my league. He's going to make $2.2 million on my team. So it just shows you, you know. I'm not hiring you to defect to your league, then. You should go to your league. But, <laughs> right. I, mean, I, I mean, teams, I, I think Nashville was one of the first teams that revealed that kind of information. And yeah. I think in the world where you see – General Fanager and Cap and Cap Geek before it uh, before um, the uh, founder of Cap, Cap Geek uh, passed away. The the traffic that goes to those websites, it, it it you cannot deny that there's an interest there in in that kind of information in you know contract links and clauses yeah. and things of that nature. So I think it's a good thing that another NHL team in Toronto is getting on board and providing that info. It's a good step forward. If one of the, like I said, one of the more well, you know, established franchises in terms of history in the NHL, like the Leafs, are, are willing to give out that information now in their press releases, I think it's a it's it's a good step forward. I do think it's still going to remain for a lot of teams in the NHL to be the, sort of their auspices as to whether or not they're going to do it. I know, the, I mean, the team Russ and I cover the Philadelphia Flyers. They do not release uh, information. Do not release salary information. They, I guess, they're under these. What's that? 
Rangers don't either. Rangers don't either. So again, it's gonna, it's, it's still gonna pretty much remain the judgment call. And they're figuring if you're good, they're figuring. Well, if you're a reporter, you're gonna find out anyway. It's our business. You know, it's the flow of information. How much information a team wants to give you in this circumstance. And again, it depends on the judgment of each franchise as to who's going to do what. I'd love to see the Flyers or the Rangers be able to release the, their, their their salary information, but. Again, it's their choice, and I know, you know, based on the way Ron Hextall likes to operate in terms of the flow of information that comes out, he's pretty tight when it comes to information flowing out. And I certainly, under his under his auspices, I don't see the Flyers, you know, budging off of that. If they did, I'd be honestly surprised. Well, I, see, at this point, I'm wondering, you know, why teams are being so conservative. I mean, what's what is the point? Just what they're used to until they're told otherwise. Some just don't want to change. I mean, it's yeah. just as simple as that. Why give it to you if they don't want? Like this field, they it's any flow like, of information. It's yeah. any flow of information they feel that another team can use. But again, they're going to find out any. The point is that Mike is saying, and Russ, uh, is that teams are going to reporters are going to find out anyway. The money it's going to be out there. So, yep. you know, why not? But yeah, again, I mean, eventually, General Fanager is going to get the information from either the agent. Or from the player themselves. I mean, that's it's going to be out there eventually. So I mean, I, I don't under, I, I don't understand the motivation of the team not to say, you know, okay, we signed this guy to this contract, and I mean, we're proud of it, or not. You know, if if you don't reveal it, you're not proud of it. I mean, you, you know what I'm saying? There's yeah. there's sort of like, what are the reasons why you won't reveal it? Just provide the information that's necessary. So I do have some mild breaking news, and I'll stress Ooh. that it's mild. Okay. Um, so I just got an email. So Team North America announced their training camp schedule for the World Cup. So I figured, and it, and of course everything's subject to you know date and time change. But on September 5th they're going to start their first practice. It looks like they're practicing at the Bell Center. So the 5th, 6th, and 7th at the Bell Center, like 11 to 12:45. Then they have a game day skate on the 11th, and then on the 11th game day skates at 9:30. Then on, Six o'clock, they're playing Team Europe. And then they go to to Pittsburgh. They're gonna they're gonna practice at the Lemieux Sports Complex on the 13th, and then play on the 14th. I might head out there for that because by that point, if I'm not covering some junior hockey, I'll be so starved for hockey that I think I will. It'll be a nice thing to do. So I figured I'd give people, you know, let them know they can get a jump on it. Team North America, I think, is gonna have a lot of interest. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's the team that I'm going to be following the most, Russ. I mean, obviously, because, I mean, I, you know, Austin Matthews, Count, Connor McDavid, Jack Eichel, I mean, all the young young guns, the young players, the future of the league are on that team. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm reserving judgment about, about the World Cup. We're going to talk about the World Cup a lot when it gets closer to it. But, yeah. it's, you know... I'm and I, I brought this up when Kevin was, Kevin Allen was on the show on Friday, and of course he wasn't surprised at my skepticism. But the fact that I, I'm just I'm waiting to see what the reaction of the fans are to this tournament because, I mean, we know what the reaction was towards the Olympics, and there's sort of a you know a buy-in in terms of national pride when it comes to the Olympics, but in this instance. Not that it's contrived, but it's just there's not the tradition there that the Olympics has. Right. And I'm just wondering whether 
a, you know, games in the middle of September in Toronto in a non-Olympic setting is something that fans will buy. I think what it is is that they're starting flat-footed. They're not able to draw upon previous success. The older ones were their own thing. Like, there's a lot of people that are just sort of looking at this like it's a new tournament. And because of that, it's going to take some things to, to sort of get it going. And so, like, even if I look on Twitter, you know, I see, like, hey, Miko Koivu was named the, the captain for Finland. I, I don't see a lot of fan tweets about it yet. Like, hey, I'm excited. I'm going to go to that game on the on the 13th, on the 14th. You know, I don't see a lot of that just yet. And so, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens with this because it could still be a big hit. It might take – it really might take until the last minute. It really might because right now there are some people that are not in hockey mode. Now, Russ, you were mentioning before the show um, uh, something about Derek Pouliot and an article that yeah. – you- so I wrote something on Sportsology, but I'll give the gist of it here. Um, so I interviewed him back when uh, it was media day for the Stanley Cup, and even though he wasn't playing regularly and didn't play at all in the Stanley Cup, uh, I chatted with him because there was a good parallel between him and Justin Abdelkader in 2008-2009. I covered that Stanley Cup, and he was a black ace for the Red Wings. And, you know, Justin Abdelkader, no one was saying at that point, is he a bust? Why isn't he playing? Is he just not good enough? And all these other things. And yet, Justin Applicator today is a pretty good player. And he was 22 back then. Well, right now, Derek Pouliot's 22. And I just said it's unfair for people to hang this while well, you were eighth overall because Olimata was picked after you and made it quicker right. that you're, you're now a failure. He's not a failure. As a matter of fact, he's played 50-something games in the NHL. He's going to have a shot to make the team now. The teams change their philosophy on how they play, which does play into his strengths. He's now 208 pounds. Like, there's a lot of things looking his way, and this is a big year for him, even at the age of 22, because, again, it does sometimes take till 25. Sometimes people don't want to hear that for a defenseman. But but the idea is he's in position. The Penguins, this right now, this group with the Penguins have done the right thing with him because I think he was rushed a little bit initially. And it was a little overhyped when you remember where where they had the uh, the video of the tournament, the, the summer tournament. And they were talking about how he's definitely going to make the team, and then when he didn't, I think fans were a little you know upset. But but I think with the Rutherford group in there, they they haven't rushed him, and he's able to you know was able to build himself up, and now out of camp he'll have a chance to make the team. And I'm just saying people need to look at that and give a chance. You know you can go to the website, you can look at his quotes. They're very similar to what Applicator told me back in 08-09, but because he wasn't an eighth overall pick, you know, the pressure wasn't on Applicator. And I'm not saying the Penguins put pressure on this kid because they don't. They, But I'm saying fans do. Anthony, I mean, I, I seem to think that, and, and Russ mentioned Mata. I mean, they were in the same draft class, and I think Mata was drafted in the 20s. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember seeing Mata at one of the rookie tournaments in London, Ontario, that the Leafs held a few years ago, and I was more impressed with Pouliot than Mata, but Mata made the team. I think it was as a 19-year-old, mm-hmm. and Pouliot, still at 22, is still finding his way. Now, we know that defense 
it, it, you know, play, learning the art of playing defense, it's not an exact science, and it, it isn't something that, you know, you have one player like Aaron Eckblad who can step in as an 18-year-old and play wonderfully, or Rasmus Ristolainen, and, and then you have other guys who at 23 or 24 still don't get it, but eventually, you know, Anton Strawman got it in his mid to late 20s. So is it is it a is it a fair thing for Pouliot to be criticized for being you know quote a bust at 22 years old and I think do you think it's because Mata was in the same draft and had early success? I think that I think that I think you're onto something there, Mike. I, I do. Um, everybody, I guess when it comes to defensemen, it's an interesting thing. I I, I find that you know there's a certain patience level that has to be involved with the development of, of any. Of, of NHL defense, and I think goaltenders, I think, have the longest stretch of time, I think, for for developmental patience. Defense should be right behind it. And then forwards, you tend to sometimes see them maybe a little bit quicker coming into the NHL. Again, Mata, I think, was a special case. I think the guy defensemen who jump into the league so quickly are special cases. I'd also say as well, some because that teams are so star for that puck-moving, two-way defenseman that they so, so much as a flash of it, they tend to move a lot faster with that. So that's probably the main issue that I would have there, I think, with that kind of a point. Okay. Um, well, I mean, I, I, like, I know that Mata is – or, excuse me, I know that Pouliot is going to be an important of the Penguins. Uh, and their their blue line because you know they did lose one of their defensemen. I think it was Lovejoy. I think it was Lovejoy to the Devils. Yeah. So so you know the and Anthony had to drop off. Um, there's a spot for him. I mean that's yeah. it. plain and simple. There's a spot for him. He I, I I can't stress enough even as a black ace how important it is to be a part of a team that wins a Stanley Cup. Even if you're watching from the press box because you're practicing with these guys. You're hanging around them. You're learning things. You're seeing things. They're talking. It helps. I watched it help a lot of guys on the Detroit Red Wings, as an example. And I think it'll help him. And so that's why I just sort of look at that, and I shrug off all that stuff. I mean, many times I had to shrug off the Dylan McElrath stuff, too. I mean, different player, different reasons, you know. But, again, it's just it's because he's eighth overall and he's 22 – that I think people are looking like, wow, he's getting old. And it's like, no, he's really not. Because if all of a sudden at 23, 24, even 25, he hits, and he hits pretty big, or at least he becomes like a 30-point guy, 35-point guy, and responsible in his own end, he could be there for the next 10, 15 years. Like, what, where is that in any other field in the world? How is that not successful? And yeah, that's I mean, where I think it's just a perception thing. If you're, if you're a first-round pick and you – at age 22 or 23, find it, and you can play in the league for, you know, five, six, seven years. I mean, you're, you know, you are, you're an effective player, and you have to be considered a success. I mean, I think that the with the draft being as important as it is now, and people are looking back at players like Adam Larson being picked fourth, or Zach Bogosian being drafted, uh, I think, third or fourth, uh, for Luke Shen being drafted fifth by the Maple Leafs in 2008, I believe. Um, and then them not really turning out and filling out to expectations. I mean, they're not busts. They are NHLers. But when you're taken in the top five, everybody thinks that you're supposed to be a star. Yeah, and I, and I think we're going to see more. 
I, I think we're going to see more out of Larson. I actually just saw a quote from Connor McDavid today that says, you know, unless you're playing with him and then against him, sometimes it's hard to see all the little things that he does. And, and that is a fair point because, again, from the outside looking in, a lot of people are saying, well, he's not scoring points, right? He's not, he's not getting 45, 50 points. So what is, really, what is Adam Larson really doing? And McDavid's saying, ho, ho, ho. I see him doing a lot of stuff. Now, Grant, he's his teammate now, so you take it with a grain of salt. But he did come out and say this. He didn't have to come out and say this. But he did. And, and it does point out that there are a lot of other things in the game that are important. So let's keep that and, you know, control that a little bit because I think that's an important fact that when, when someone like McDavid talks, you should listen to it because he does see things that other people don't. And, and that's where I say to the fans – you know, just cool it because I still see there's articles about this trade. About I still see Taylor Hall's in the headlines. He's probably tired of being in the headlines in Edmonton. He's in New Jersey now. It's just like you know they can't move on from it. It's just move on. The press should move on. The fans should move on. He's no longer there. I'm sure the organizations moved on. Right? They are they're good at that. Organizations, the minute they trade a guy, they've moved on. They you know, but. But it seems like nobody else has moved on from Taylor Hall in that part of the world. A mm. uh, couple news and notes. Um, it was announced this morning, not to make this leap buzz, but uh, Mark Hunter, who was the director of player personnel for the Maple Leafs, was uh, promoted to assistant general manager. Um, it sounds pretty much, Russ, from the press release, that it's it's a bump in title. And, and maybe a bump in pay. I don't, I don't know that they didn't release that kind of info. But uh, I mean, he, uh, you know, Lou Lamorello said in the press release that you know his responsibilities really haven't changed. He's going to be uh, in charge of pro scouting and mm-hmm. amateur scouting and player player um, evaluation. So it, it just sounds like that. Uh, you know, I mean, and he was the funny thing was before Lamorello was signed last July. Kyle Dubas and Mark Hunter were splitting the duties after Dave Nonis was fired. So I think this is sort of like they got finally got around to naming him assistant general manager, but he was pretty much assistant general manager with, anyway. With Lou's approval. I think that's the key. They brought in Lou to oversee the situation and say, hey, we have these two guys. You know, are they going to be good? Are they going to be able to move up in this league? What can you do with them? Can you help them a little bit? And this is all why Lou was brought in. Because at some point, Lou is going to step down, and they're still going to have these guys. And that's it. You know, so right now, he, they're being tutored by him to some degree, and they can see how he operates. And there's nothing wrong with Lou, learning from Lou Lamarillo. So I think this is all very successful and smart by the Leafs because even their management is sort of going through stages like the team, you know, from getting going from worst to getting better to getting better. And so these are all positive things. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, and, I mean, we'll see how it evolves over the next few yeah. years because Lou doesn't seem to even be ready to exit. No, but I'm just saying down the line. No, no, I, I know, I know. And I'm just, I'm just saying that, I mean, yeah. it's, set, it's set up, you know, Lou is, you know, I, I was part of the media scrum last month. He doesn't seem tired of the NHL and of hockey. He's enthused by what's going on with the Leafs. You know, he's doing a good job, uh, and, uh, you know, I think he probably stays for the foreseeable future. But you have two potential heir apparents here with, you know, Kyle Dubas, who's a young a young guy who 
Um, I think eventually, if it's not with Toronto, it'll be someplace else that he becomes general manager. And Mark Hunter now is a potential general manager. I think in a few years down the down the road, he's had experience in the OHL with the London Knights. He's been uh, a coach in the AHL back in the day. Now he's an assistant GM at the NHL level. I mean, in a few years, if he puts a couple more good drafts in, you know, he may be a candidate that will go to another team or will challenge for the Leafs job once Lamorello retires. So yep. I think you got two candidates there. There's time. That's the good thing for the Leafs is there's time here. There's time to see if Hunter's work will pay off. I mean, we can't say it's all been 100% successful yet because we just don't know. It right. looks good. It looks good. And so right now, it's it's good news for, for Leaf fans. Now, um, the coaches for the All-American Prospect game. Now, last year in Buffalo, the coaches were Phil Housley and Jeremy Roenick. This year, yep. um, the coaches have a certain Philadelphia connection. Yep, yep, yep. We've got Mark Howe and John LeClaire, which is great. I mean, again, these are two huge names. Obviously, Mark Howe is a Hall of Famer. John LeClaire is a U.S. Hockey Hall of Famer, part of the Legion of Doom. I don't think John LeClaire is going to teach these guys about what they did on the Legion of Doom. But again, in his own right, 406 goals, 413 assists, really was a heck of a player. And at some point, should be up for the Hall of Fame. I mean, he's not a point-of-game guy. But he was a, you know, he was a pretty dominant guy. So I think down the line, he will certainly be up for that. But right now, he hasn't. But you know, this is cool. Again, they haven't. I don't think they've announced the roster. Oh, they do have the roster. Let's see. Let's see if they have the rosters yet. I don't think they've announced them yet. Mm-hmm. You know, I know like Kaylor Yamamoto is a player I watched in the under 18s. He'll be there. No, they haven't announced it yet. So we have to see who who's going to be going. But this is the fifth year, and it's hard for me to believe that this is the fifth year that I've been doing this. And and I love it because, again, I've seen guys like Eichel and McAvoy and just so many, you know, even guys like Roslovic, you know, guys who just you're not sure what they are when they're there, and then they start taking on bigger roles when they leave. So it, it's a fun game, and it's fun not to have to drive to Buffalo. Let's be real about it. <laughs> well, don't worry, because I'm sure next year it'll probably be back in Buffalo. I know. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I've been – well, there have been four so far. This will be the fifth, and I've been to two of them, and yeah. it's given me a particular insight at some of these players who have ended up being first and second round picks in NHL drafts and getting my, a first look at Logan Brown and uh, and, and McAvoy. Yeah, even Tyler Parsons got really no buzz when right. he was there, but he was there. Yeah. Uh, finally, um, the Hockey News, as they, I think, traditionally do, put out a list of their top I think it's usually top 50 or top 100, but this year it was top 50. And, you know, a couple names at the top are, I mean, who, you know, gee. Sidney Crosby is listed number one because the Penguins won a Stanley Cup. Shock. Uh, and Patrick Kane is number two. But I did find some interesting, and I figured we'll make a little game out of this. I'll, 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 I'll give you the names of two players. Uh, well, I haven't looked at the list, so I won't look at it. Go ahead. Okay. I, I'm, obviously, I'm looking at the list, so I can't guess. So I'll give you right. the names of two players, and you have to give me who is ranked higher of these okay. two players. It would be like the price is right, but for hockey. There you go. Um, so let's go Jamie Benn or Alex Ovechkin. I mean, to me, I would have to rank Alex Ovechkin higher. Okay. Uh, Crosby was one, Kane was two. Jamie Benn was four, and Alex Ovechkin was 11. 
I mean, that's just nonsense. It, it is. I mean, how Alex Ovechkin is an all-timer. He had a great year last year. Did he have a bad year last year? Did I miss something? No. So how could he be ranked 11th? I mean, uh, seriously. Yeah, I, I, I. Who did the I, rankings? I, Please tell us who did the rankings, or is it, or is it one of those things where they say it was a, a bunch of people, so nobody signs their name to it? It might be. I, I don't have the, I don't have uh, the edition of the, of the of the hockey news. I just have the list. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, um, Brent Burns or Eric Carlson. Well, I already know they're going to rank Brent Burns higher, but I would rank Eric Carlson higher. Go ahead. They did rank Eric Carlson higher. He was, oh, they did. Okay. He was eighth. Brent Burns was 14th. Um, Wait, you said so Carlson was eighth? Carlson was eighth, yes. Um, okay. John Tavares or Joe Pavelski? Hmm. Now, they're just basing it off of last year, correct? I, I don't think so because – and I'll, I, I was going to use this one, but I have to say – they listed Carey Price as third, and if they okay, used, so they if used last year, there's right. no way Carey Price will be third. All right, so based on that, I will rank John Tavares higher. They rank Pavelski higher, 10th. Tavares was 15th. So wait, so now Joe Pavelski is ranked higher than Alex Ovechkin. Yes. Even Eck, who is a devout San Jose Sharks fan, would never, ever sign off on that. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm gonna finish the show by okay, reading we off the top twenty. Because I, I, I pop my cork. No, no, no! I'm gonna finish off the show by reading off the top twenty and seeing and gauging your okay. the reaction of your incredulity. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so Crosby, Kane, Price, Jamie Ben was fourth. Jonathan Taves is fifth. Oh, that's fine. Drew Doughty sixth. Anze Kopitar seventh. Eric Carlson eighth. Connor McDavid ninth. That, see, stop they, the nonsense. Okay. Stop I, it. I think Connor McDavid is a generation. No, we talent. know that. We all everybody knows he's really good. One year. One so, year. So, and his so team basically they're telling me if I just beam down from another planet, I would think that Connor McDavid is better than Alex Ovechkin. Is that what they're trying to tell me? He's got the potential to be. But he hasn't displayed. You still have the potential to, to be like you know on the CBS nightly news. Doesn't mean you're going to get there. Right. No. Uh, Pavelski tenth, Ovechkin eleven, uh, Patrice Bergeron twelve, Tyler Sagan thirteen, Brent Burns fourteen, John Tavares fifteen, Victor Hedman sixteen, uh, Braden Holtby seventeen. Evgeny Malkin, 18. Okay, so hold it there. So Braden Holtby is the number two ranked goalie on their list. Yes. It's crazy. If you think about it, even as much as I like Braden Holtby, no way. No way. Keep going. Uh, Evgeny Malkin, 18. Johnny Goudreau, 19. So Malkin is just this much better than Goudreau. Is that what they're trying to tell me? Yes. That's so, <laughs> That's what they're saying. And uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, 20. I'll, I'll go how five can, more. I mean, how is that guy 20? He's clearly one of the best players in hockey, and they have him at 20. Yeah, go, go 25. I want to go a few more. Go. Okay, 21 is Ryan Getzloff, who had one goal and a half a year. 
uh, but then had a good second half. 22 is Steven Stamkos. 22. I I mean, honestly, I think Steven Stamkos is at least a top dozen player. He is. Yeah. Uh, 23, Logan Couture. Okay. That's fine. 24, uh, Dr. Hook, uh, Chris, uh, Chris Letang. Okay. And 25, Ben Bishop. So Ben Bishop is ahead of Jonathan Quick. Yes. He's ahead of, like, Lundquist and Rask. And Rene and, and Rene. Just and rip this just rip this thing up, man. It's just trash. Yes, yeah, so quick was twenty-six. So come so. on. <laughs> just rip it up. Just rip it up now. It's good kindling, eh? <laughs> on that note, uh, we will be back tomorrow. Eklund will be back. We'll have uh, Jillian Fisher and Russ and I, and we'll talk about uh, I'm not sure what we'll talk about, but we'll talk about something. Is it Shark Week yet? <laughs> is Sharknado on? I don't know. Is it no, just... Sharknado was already on, but it should be Shark Week this week, I think. I'm I'm waiting. I'm waiting for that uh, the James Lipton uh, show uh, that goes over the career of Tara Reid. I, I do want to answer one thing here. Okay. Cousin Eddie says I should change to the flat brimmed hat. I don't enjoy the flat brimmed hat, and I'll tell you why. Most of the time, I wear a hat when I'm playing sports, too. The flat brimmed hat does nothing to get the sun out of your eyes. Right. And half the reason I wear a hat is because, A, I don't have a lot of hair, so I don't want to get the sun burn, and it keeps the sun out of my eyes. Thank you for that suggestion, Cousin Eddie, but it is not going to be taken. And, Cousin Eddie, I am not going to be one of these guys who has the flat-billed hat and then wears it slightly astray. Right. Like, like uh, I think CeCe Sabathia does that. Or, he does. Or a few other people. I, Johnny I, Cueto. I think Cueto does it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Just, I mean, you, I, the, here's where I'm an old man. I can't do that. I'm sorry. It's got to be curved. It's got to be clean. It's got to be nice. No. Sorry. Anyway. For Anthony Mangione, for Russ Cohen, I'm Michael Agello. Thanks for watching, and remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.